You are listening to the Savage Fincast Retro, Episode 23, Freak Force 9 and 10. Chicago. A criminal mastermind called Overlord held our city in his terrifying grip. Ordinary cops were losing the battle against Overlord's super freaks and mutants. Then, a miracle happened. When I found him, he had no memory of his past. I helped him find an identity and a life. Now we have a fighting chance. Now we have the dragon. The Savage Fincast Retro, the show that's been invaded by sexy cyborgs. I'm Raven Perez. I'm Jim Purcell. I'm Craig Olson. And you're listening to the Savage Fincast Retro, where we take a look back at the Eric Larson-related projects, Savage Dragon issues, Freak Force, that kind of stuff of the uh, issues of the past. Some would say that uh, they're 30 years ago. Uh, yeah, and we're gonna discuss with you. We got a barn burner of an uh, of a fincast today. We got two. Certainly, would you could call them comics. Yeah, you, you, you can definitely say that. Yes, <laughs> you can definitely say there's staples in the middle of this pamphlet. It's uh, Freak Force nine and ten. Ooh, what a buffet! What a what a dog turd buffet! <laughs> oh boy, You're coming out strong, Mister Perez. Yeah, uh, you know all that like positivity I was talking about, where it's like, oh, it's getting a little better, oh, it's growing on me. Yeah, Freak Force number nine, I guess, concludes the uh, alien ant story arc. Arc emphasis saga. Yeah. Yeah. Alien ant farm. Yeah, and um, not good. Did didn't click with me. Didn't yeah. click with me at all. Um. These Cyberforce guys are kind of lame. Yeah, they don't get yeah. any moments, do they? No, they don't. Um, I also, have a feeling that, that Eric doesn't really like them either. <laughs> this is the yeah. only time they ever show up in a Savage Dragon property. It's just, I I am super not familiar with Cyberforce at all. And of these characters, I don't recognize two of them. Like, I don't even know who this big guy is. Or the weird yellow guy. You mean not mall? <laughs> yeah, not mall. You know, you know, team big man. Yeah. So you got not mall. You got not Psylocke. Uh, Striker. Not Wolverine. Yeah, not not. Now here's the thing. Not, I will not Cable with three arms. <laughs> oh yeah, he's Cable. I will, I will say Striker, Velocity, and Ripclaw to me are memorable at least right. even if ripclaw is just a goddamn wolverine ripoff from hell yeah he's memorable because he's a wolverine ripoff but the other three but like velocity's got a good design costume design she's she's yeah. got she's got something to her she's iconic with her white skin and her green lightning bolt yeah. like it's cool she also doesn't have like really overt like tech stuff all over her which makes her like i guess normal looking yeah, 
Well, she's a standout from the rest of them. Plus, like, the thing is, is, like, lightning bolts tie into a speedster theme real right. well. Yes. And so and you can tell by looking at her kind of, like, who she is and what she does. Right. Velocity is a good name. Yeah. Um, so, like, she's strong as hell. Stri- Striker, on the other hand, is really generic to the point where I keep thinking his name's Forearm, which is a different <laughs> guy. I, I will go to bat for him only to say that I have always liked the asymmetrical arms. I think it's a bold choice when forearms just work so much better. But to have they do, they do even joke about it in this book. If you guys, <laughs> yeah, that. yeah. yeah. How, how does he not fall over? Right. <laughs> who's the guy that looks like Gambit? Kind yeah. Of? What the heck? What is? Who is he? I mean, he's lame. Like that's he's the like the I, reasonable lame one. I've never known his name. He doesn't have any standout ability. Team like, Cyclops. Just... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not Cyclops, not Cyclops Gambit, not uh, Psylocke, and not Maul. Those three dudes, if they died in a fire forever, Cyberforce would not be impacted at all. <laughs> like, at all. I, I gotta say, though, I mean, I do like the cover of this issue. The yeah. kind of, that classic stand aside, we're here. Yep. Too, too uh, bad. The guys of, look too, cool on the cover. Too bad about the logo placement, though. I really don't care for it. What, having the two logos like next to each other? Yeah, I don't know. This being off center the way it is, the way having Cyberforce so much smaller, like I don't know. I just don't think it works. It doesn't look like they're invading Freak Force, does it? No, I don't know. I will say missed opportunities. You know, Ricochet uh, has a big yellow dong on the cover. Yeah, <laughs> I'm glad you said that. I was, <laughs> I was not gonna say that, and you fucking said it. That's awesome. Oh. Yeah, that's mm. <laughs> a tangent from that hell. That is like, very tangenty. God bless you, Craig. I was like, "No, nah, I'll be classy," and you <laughs> said it, dude. She's not snipped either. Banana cock. <laughs> yeah, it's a terrible tangent. It's a terrible tangent, dude. Something about um, something else about this cover. What was? Oh, right. Uh, you get the sense that the only reason Cyberforce is here is that they are also called a force. But you never get any, like, there's no, like, nothing, no bell hung on it about they're both being Cyber Force, Freak Force, Force especially, Force. Especially when Super Patriot, you know. Is also connected. You're right. You're right. Cyber data. Exactly. So it's like, they've got a great reason to have a connection right there. Yeah. And, it, and it does get brought up. It does get, his, his escape from Cyber Data is brought up. But, but it there's, doesn't go, no, like, there's no payoff. There's no reason. There's no solid I do, moment. I do like that and miss that because it, they tie in Youngblood, Cyber Force, and Freak Force all together. Yeah. In that panel, which was kind of fun back in the day. You never get any payoff for Vanguard's new look. It's never explained. Because oh, it's atrocious. I think it's just it's, not drawn well. I don't think there's a reason for it. I I just hate when we go from like... You know, issue 14, where you get massive, muscular, semi-handsome Vanguard to just hideous, skinny Vanguard. I I don't understand. Like, I feel like Either if it was a comic nowadays, Eric would take the RSSI and be like, look, he's you got to put a more on model. You, you, well, it well, seems well like let me provide an explanation, or at least a possible explanation. Okay. He may have used, for reference, the first, uh, like, zero issue. Yeah, where he but looks it's, like this—it's inexcusable. It's at inexcus- this point, though. <laughs> Vanguard's look has been established. 
Plus, you're working with Eric. Yeah. It's not like he's on his own doing his own thing. You're working yeah. with Eric on this. To say something positive, though, he does have very good Superman hair. Yeah. Vic draws good <laughs> hair. And he looks, he draws the, and that's the kind of hair that Vanguard should have. Right. Because he's uh, kind of a, in, he's kind of a alien Superman. That's like his old gimmick. No, yeah, he is. That is his gimmick. Ugly Superman. Um, yeah, you know, the girls are in the ship. They're covered in welts. Oh. I mean, like, it's just heinous. I do think Rapture grabbing uh, Hordus by the tail is a hilarious visual and good. Like, that's really funny. Uh, but just like Hordus turning like bad dog and attacking them, I just it does nothing for me. First rule of Hordus: do not draw her front on. <laughs> <laughs> and bro, Vic is not afraid to go there. Mm-hmm. This is like the second or third time we've seen this. Yep. Yeah. With her rough. with her lipsticked face, <laughs> giant cartoon lips. Yeah. And, I mean, I guess I get that she's, like, flipping out and attacking them as a dog would. But it's just the action isn't sold, like... Yeah, it's like, it's like for some reason, she's effective against them. But it's never really explained why. I, I imagine it's because she's armored. Well, the only reason they... They explain it why, but the only reason why is because it's like the 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 egg is in danger. And and that's the only right. reason. yeah. They, they build it up like she is really good at fighting them. And then they're like, oh, no, actually, it was just because the egg was in danger. And it's like, oh, well, you missed a chance for, again, like, she's an alien. She's got alien origins. Right. Like, so, you missed, missed a chance to be like, oh, maybe they're afraid of that species or something cool. Nah. Yeah. Just that the egg was in danger. They were just distracted. And the the ants become these weird, like, uh, like party, like the inflatable guys outside of, like, a car dealership. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, like, yes. I was going to say, wait, that wavy, wacky, the lamest things. Wa- it is. waving tube men. Like, you could have had, like, all right, listen, I'm sorry. I'm just going to go there. I'm going to be shitty. It's like, you could have had these ants that are, like, super adaptoids. It's like super adaptoid organisms or whatever. They could have become, like, giant mutated bears or giant mutated orangutans or anything. Right. If it's going to be a plant well, monster... It could have been like big little shop in horrors, like with teeth, like a Venus flytrap. And they kind of go there towards the end where they just become a million mighty men. But again, we just saw like doppelganger type villains at Freak Forest not too long ago. So why are we going back to that well again? Yeah. You know, it wasn't clear to me immediately that the tiny, that the, that the dop, that the mighty men version weren't, t- were, were tiny. <laughs> I yeah. was going to say that exactly yep. that splash page. I just, I was like, Oh, where'd they go? And it's like, Oh, they're just super tiny. Yep. When, when they're tiny and they're flying in front of uh Vanguard and mighty man's face, I was like, huh, they're tiny. I did not literally realize that until right at that moment. There's a whole lot of stuff. I just started yawning through on this. Like this, this, I had no interest in the spaceship fight with the swarm. Nope, no, it's not good. Sucks. Nope. Uh, she j- defies physics and jumps up while the swarm falls out of the ship or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, a swarm yeah. that can fly or I don't know whatever. Maybe they can't fly. I don't know. I guess they can't fly. I can't tell what's going on. Are they flying? Are they just crawling? Uh, I will say the way they're dealt with at the end is clever. 
But it is sort of convenient that they took on the Mighty Man form in order it, it as their last form. I mean, it kind of makes sense that they go for the strongest character, and Mighty Man right. is the strongest. Right. So but then it makes no sense because she changes and they all change. Like they're I, I, just I, copies. I, right. But I think they also had the pro- they're adaptable, so they have the same properties. So they, if Mighty Man can survive in space, and then their doppelgangers can survive in space. By switching back to Anne, they no longer can survive in space. At least that's the logic. Yeah, that's, I'm just that's not clear logic. why they all switch back because Mighty Man does. I think well, the throwaway he was, line he was, he was actively being scanned the whole time. Well, the throwaway line is, and here's the problem. This is the problem. That's why it doesn't work. The throwaway line is, uh, I know they're pretty anal about their transformations. And it's like, are they? Like, have we really seen that? Like, has that really been conveyed over the course of this arc? Like, not really. Like, not until it's convenient for this moment. I will say that it's a clever way to kind of get rid of them, but it just, I don't know. It's just not good. Um, I'm going to say one nice thing. I'm going to say, well, two nice things. Uh, I do think that Vic tried harder on uh, Super Patriot's arms. And yeah. I think he I think he tried harder on his arms because of this kick ass Dave Johnson pinup. Yeah, um this is pretty good. Pretty good pinup by Dave Johnson. <laughs> Corey Walker does an homage to this pinup as a variant, I believe. Maybe it's not a variant, but it's on one of the Super Patriot miniseries. It's just... What I, I can't really tell what he's fighting. I think that's the point. They're like just mechanical monstrosities. Well, the best way, yeah, for you to look at it is just to turn it. Obviously, like. Oh, okay. Oh, what the fuck? Now down. it now it makes sense. <laughs> wow, amazing! Yeah. He's falling, and they're coming down on him. Yeah. yeah now I can see their zombies because you can see their like skeleton faces and their, uh, you know, their yeah, the, the yeah. skeleton teeth or whatever. Okay, that's freaking weird how that doesn't read as well when you're looking at it sideways. The signature threw you off. (laughs) Yeah. Huh. Yes, cool poster. I like it. And like I said, so that's my positive thing. And (laughs) I also think... Notice there's a cat in it, too. (laughs) A cat in the the pinup? Yeah, if you look at his machine gun blast and just look to the right of that and up a little bit. Up into the oh, there is a cat. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's Mister Peabody. And Slave One from Star Wars. Oh, yep, that's uh, just Mr. Peabody. just under the cat. There are a yeah. lot of little things in this, aren't there? I see Bob's big boys like on the backpack of that one guy, where his strap says like me, 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 <laughs> me, me. Yeah. yeah, he definitely had some fun on this one. Oh yeah, the Fred Flintstone. It has a kitchen says, sink <laughs> all the way to the left. Where kitchen sink? Where is it? All the all, way to the left. Oh, there's a vibrator just under the handcuffs. <laughs> Naughty Dave Johnson. It says, "Oh, there is a kitchen sink." It's crazy how you don't even perceive that as a kitchen sink. Yeah, it's like a, it's a the way that it's colored. Everything sort of blends. Yeah, there's a, there's also like a, 
doll that says a girl. Yeah, I was. Ar- what is Argyle? Ar- a girl? I don't know. Maybe it's. It must be a '90s reference of some kind. <laughs> I think it says a lot that the glowingest praise we have for anything in this issue this has been up. is this pinup. I like, don't know. Anytime you see a Dave Johnson pinup, though, it's yeah. Stop and take notice. Take, yeah, exactly. And I am going to beat up. Uh, so you remember in the uh, previous FinCast retro where I was talking about Mighty Man's uh, cape completely hiding his face? Yep. On the splash where the Mighty Man swarm is like cruising in on them, it's like, dude, look at all those like hidden faces. That makes it easy. <laughs> I just don't. I just don't like it. I just don't like it. You don't like the high collar? I don't, I don't like hiding his face. Oh. It's weird. <laughs> yeah, he's got no peripheral vision. <laughs> so this was a dead for me. And, uh, you know, very, very few good things. I think uh, Barbaric's face when he's asking for beer is funny. Yeah. That last page where Barbaric is in uh, Brazil is pretty funny. But then. So that works. Barbaric pages are generally pretty funny. <laughs> I mean, that works for me. And I, th- I did, in fact, like the Dave Johnson pinup, and I liked the joke about Stryker toppling over. But to me, it's just, it's, and I actually thought, I'm with you dudes, I'm agreeing that the using Anne to get rid of the ants is, like, was c- kind of clever. But it's, like, for the most part, like, just this whole, like, thing, I was just like, yeah. oof. <laughs> it's kind of clever, oh, but if you think too hard about it, it's really stupid. Yeah. It's like, do the ants have zero survival? Because I thought their whole thing was they were super adaptoids. It's so just it's not like, an interesting villain at all. I don't care. It's like, this is yep. dumb. I don't care. It's such a weird, I don't know, nameless villain that really doesn't do much. Yeah. And, and again, we had just had like doppelganger villain type things going on. Why are we going back to that well? And think about, too, the buildup. This was given like three issues of buildup and just did not, to me, pay off at all. And yeah. I'm going to be honest, I kind of deep-sixed myself a little bit because I had high expectations because there was the buildup and because it had been getting better, like in my opinion. And then just total, totally whiffed. Totally whiffed, man. So, <laughs> question for you guys. Does Rip Claw's fingers ever, like, are they like liquid metal where he has regular hands? Are they always just blades? Liquid metal, yeah. Okay. He, he can shape them. I, he never does anything like make like. I've never anything. seen him with regular hands. That's why. <laughs> I've seen them small, but they still come out into points. Almost uh, like, you know, like vampire hands. You know? Are you sure you're not mixing that up with the Wildcats guy? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I think you are. They're, they're uh, so samey. Was it, wait, which one's Sideblade? No, Sideblade is there's too Neither. many. Yeah, rip, there's Ripclaw. I don't even know Rip the Wildcats. the cyber data. Cyber, cyber force guy. You know what? It literally doesn't matter. It doesn't. I, think I don't already, think I've ever seen we, Ripclaw with regular hands. I think we've had this conversation before when we covered Wildcats. And I'm sure. <laughs> it just may, it's just it's a weird choice. 
It's shitty because he's a Wolverine clone. That's all. This is what happens. I can't hold anything. This is what happens when your two hottest artists come off of the same title to do their own thing. I'll tell you what. Enjoy this refreshing wax cup full of soda. Oops. (laughs) What? (laughs) What are you just saying? Like a wax paper cup or any any time anything he tries to hold, his hands just blow right through it. Yeah. (laughs) Or like my thing was if he picks his nose or wipes his ass, he's in real yeah. danger. Yeah, he gets a little horny. <laughs> danger. I imagine his cock is like that too, liquid metal. He's just got scratches all over his body. <laughs> holds holds on to a stair rail, just destroys it. Tries it to open would, a fridge, just cuts the handle right off. When he sleeps, he has to have special gloves. So he leans like, up against a tree and just slices it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what a dog shit issue. This was just not good. I was very dissatisfied. Dang. Um, man, this is the, probably the harshest we've been on the Savage Dragon the Jason issue in a long time. <laughs> it's okay. It's Once thing, in a while. Like I said, the thing is, is that, like, look, I, I was starting to feel it. Like, so, I was starting to feel it. I was, like, Vic's art was getting better, and I was starting to, like, you know, click with what they were doing. They were cool characters and like a lot of build up and stuff that I like and then just man this goddamn ant thing did not go anywhere this space ant thing just didn't yeah. go anywhere you didn't uh, they, the matrix egg who cares yeah it's like also have have moments like if you've got cyber force in there give them moments <laughs> give them things give them give them dialogue where they say funny things or like mock each other more fiercely like the one mockery it, it, was good it's so weird because we just, just had Wildcats 14 where he does all of this. Right. Yeah. It was great. That's a perfect, thank you. That's the perfect thing where that issue, that issue shines in every way that this issue does not. And that's why it's hard for me to be like, well, it was pretty good. It's not good. It missed every opportunity almost. Now, to be fair, this was a story told by Giffen. And only scripted by Eric, so right. those those decisions were not his, presumably initially. Uh, whereas Wildcats, of course, was done entirely by Eric. So right, yeah, I'm not shitting on any single individual. This book is a product of a team, and the team didn't deliver. Yeah. <laughs> Vic, Vic didn't deliver the visuals. Giffen didn't deliver the moments, and Eric didn't really deliver the dialogue. I mean, for, for what it is, like, there's funny moments. Like when he's asking for a beer in Brazil is funny. Making fun of Stryker is funny. Like if anything, the dialogue's some of the funniest, like best bits. But it's like, eh, just space ants. Like nobody was there to be like, nah, Keith. <laughs> there's got to be like a leader of the space ants. Like there needs to be a cool visual. Yeah. That, that's the thing about alien overlord. Yes. Uh, yeah. A, a queen. Uh, a queen. I think this, like is the com- this is the complaint I had about the demonoids not having any kind of uh, leader to really and then he kind of fixed that with the demon king yes he did eventually create the demon king and, and that was a cool issue yeah when there was like a focused villain that you know had can, some kind that, of personality that can speak for the collective to give it some <laughs> gravitas like when like what if they copied mighty man and that gave him the power of speech and then they could have a dialogue right or, like, it could have been a great moment where, like, they copy Mighty Man, 
And then, like, he does talk, but it's just, like, really disturbing where he's like, all will be one or something fucked up like that. Like, he can't I mean, talk good. The ridiculous thing was you had Cyber Force there and they spend the whole issue fighting giant fucking plants. <laughs> and then when they are fighting the ants, well, just like gray swarms of blob. When you need to do yard work done, Cyber Force definitely is the one to call. <laughs> Rip claw service. Rotorooter. Just cutting your grass with his hands. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I, think, I think we've dumped on Cyber Force enough. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. One last dump. Even Super Patriot is <laughs> even Super Patriot is like, bro. We got to get your fucking like helmet fixed. Like your, your yeah. Sucks. Van, Vanguard's talking like that the oh, entire so issue obnoxious. was so distracting. It, it sucked. It wasn't <laughs> funny. It wasn't funny. It didn't add anything to it, and even. Even Super Rager's like, bro, like, just fucking please, I, God. It, it's like they did it because they didn't want Vanguard to be able to explain the problem easily. <laughs> right. Like, it was supposed to create, like, a language barrier so that Vanguard couldn't just tell them how to solve the problem. But, like, it, just it, it doesn't do that. It just nope. It just isn't very good. <laughs> um, just... The only thing of notes that I saw in the letters columns... Is of course we get another birth announcement for Joe or not Joe? Geez, Christopher. So it's ex- almost the exact same thing, except he makes a pretty funny joke about the kid not having a fin, and he, he talks about getting used to diaper changing. So uh, again, just kind of funny. It's also funny to see Eric mention Ronma in in reference to oh, Mighty Man. Ronma, Ronma one half, yeah, yeah. Which uh, for the listeners who might not know, Ronma's whole gimmick. It's a Japanese manga, very old, where the gimmick is the main character switches genders with, like, hot water. And so, very relevant to Mighty Man. It's funny to even see it brought up, like, or to see Eric talk about it. And then the last thing that really kind of caught my eye, where was it? It's, it's funny, though, because it it, Mighty Man is kind of the opposite concept, where you have a woman character yeah. who turns into a man, whereas Ranma is a man who turns into a, a woman. Right. Uh, Oh, the only other thing that caught my eye was um, Eric naming uh, Barbaric. You know, he tell, he, somebody asked him, like, what I guess Barbaric's name is, where he's like, oh, Barney Running Bear. And it's like, whoa, shit. I just didn't know that that ever was addressed anywhere. Huh. Well, I know the Running Bear thing eventually comes up. But was it ever in the pages, or is this letter the first application of it. Well, it will be eventually because his, uh, I believe, um, currently, Freak Force is hanging out on his uh, reservation. Mm-hmm. But, well, uh, I mean, currently, but I mean, this is 1994. Oh, you mean like... I'm just saying, in 1994, was that anywhere other than the answer to this letter? I don't think it was. Hmm. No, I don't think so. So it's just kind of funny because, like, I remember reading the modern issue where they're on the reservation, and I'm like, huh, running bear? Like, what the hell? Like, barbaric's a Native American? And then all the way back here in 1994, here's a letter response where he's like, yeah, Barney running bear. And I'm like, what the fuck? Really? Huh. Okay. <laughs> so it's just, just that stood out to me. I'm like, oh, all right, cool. And that's it. That's, that's, uh. That's the things from the letter. You just got another Gru ad, and then we're yep, ready so, to roll to the next thing. Yeah, we saw the Gru ad in a previous episode. 
Listen, Augie, if you're mad at us, to me, 10 completely pivots. So, and yeah. And goes, goes in a good 10. direction. I loved it. This is an icon. This is a classic. Uh, like, I never read Freak Force, but I knew about this issue. I did not know about this except for you guys. <laughs> so, one thing to notice on this is that um, Keith Giffen took a break from this issue. So, this is all eric on writing well it's it's more than that too because eric does the cover on this yeah yep which plus it's more than that uh uh, carl kessel does the inks over vic yep uh carl kessel Mm -hmm. of superman also say that you can see that vic actually drew the original cover which is the pinup in this issue. Well, that was my question, which was... Or maybe it's not the original cover. I well, I don't know if which came first. If uh, It is interesting, though, to have two artists' interpretation of the same scene. So, regardless of which came first, I think it's very cool. Yeah, I like this kind of stuff. The, I'll tell you, it's nice seeing like Carl Kessel's inks on Larson on the cover. It just looks a little different. Yeah, um, so I'm trying to think here. Kessel, as at this point, is most well known for his work on Superman as anchor and writer. I'm not sure if he's a writer yet at this time period, but um, he will eventually work on the Savage, the first Savage Dragon Superman one shot. Mm-hmm. I believe. Mm-hmm. I think he's the artist on that, or is he the? Right. No, he's not just the, the writer. John Bogdavine. All right, so he's definitely the writer, though. Um, his inking's interesting. I, I I dig it. It's definitely different. Um, like like you don't think there aren't too many inkers that you think of when you think of Eric Larson's artwork. There's, mm-hmm. it's mostly Eric who inks himself, of course. Al Gordon, Terry Austin, and this Spider Man. You know. I think early Marvel Spider-Man. Okay, I think of Al Gordon because he. I know Mm -hmm. Al Gordon inked a few things of Eric's, and Al Gordon has very distinct inks that I can spot Mm -hmm. from like fifty yards. Yeah, Uh, Kessel Kessel's different in a good way. Um, I like it a lot. Look at that Mighty Man face; it looks great. Well, that's the thing. Well, the Mighty Man face looks good, but there's something really interesting about the Rapture face. Yeah, very anime. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I like it. Um, also, look at the hair on Barbaric's forearms. That's like not a thing I think Eric would do. No? I mean, he'd do the hair, obviously, but I mean, look, the way it's inked is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, all in black silhouette. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and it's long and stringy. One last thing, the color hold on Rapture's fists, mm, where they're like, yeah. the line work is white. I like that. I, that looks yeah, pretty I like cool. it for lightning powers. Yeah. I don't like a lot of color holds, but it works there. It's just a good cover. This is just a solid cover. And a complete 360. You instantly, <laughs> the, the minute you flip. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I'm pre-laughing. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's just a complete 360. Like when you, Even when you flip open the issue... And you see this like second like splash page here, just how damn much better it looks, like with Carl inking over Vic. Yes, I agree. I Literally, I, I thought you were going to comment. I, I thought you were going to comment about these outfits. Ugh. Oh yeah, goddamn! 
Image Every, activewear. Everyone in Freak Force shops at the Image store. <laughs> I hate that. Why does he do that? There was a letter that talked about that in the last issue. <laughs> about the Image Eye being all on it. It's like, mm. yeah. there's someone from Star Trek. There's a red shirt in the crowd. Just thought I'd point it out. It's got the little <laughs> Star Trek emblem. Yeah. No, instantly better. Um, instantly I gotta better. tell you, I cannot handle Vic's Savage Dragon. Yeah, his dragon he, he, he is not bulky not. enough. His fin's wrong, you know. I can, it, it, it's, I it's, can it's, never. He's, bu- he's bulkier than Vanguard, at least, but not mm-hmm. by much. <laughs> I hate my biggest pet peeve with Dragon in like guest artists or other artists than Eric is when they put him in clothes that he never ever ever wears in the regular series. Like that's the worst thing ever. Like they'll put him in like oversized like hip hop jeans or like have him wear like Timberlands or something. Right. I just it makes me cringe. I hate it. I can't handle it. <laughs> Put him in Chuck Taylors or boots. Cre- creased slacks. Yeah. That's Dragon Super Suit. Blue not jeans. Spandex, with, not spandex. Not baggy the, pants. The not baseball overalls. <laughs> yeah. These guys are ultra generic. The ones he's beating up would just like... Their their bodies could virtually be the same. They just have different hairstyles. Yeah, they aren't even super freaks. They're just dudes. Just normal guys. Hey, man, dudes, dudes need money too. <laughs> uh, especially this '80s hair guy, who '80s uh, outfit guy too. Yeah, <laughs> kind of looks like uh, he kind of looks like R- Rowdy Roddy Piper. Yeah, he, definitely he a they live vibe. <laughs> He's a sports fan. He likes the Suns. We just need a little walking cash. Had to rob that bank. Um, let me ask you guys. Uh, is our is our boy Joey wearing a Charlie Brown shirt? He sure is. <laughs> All right, just curious. Just he just curious if that's he can't. What that uh, means. He, he can't. Um, oh, good grief! <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah, Joey. Joey's. Uh, Joey's a lot. Um, getting slapped by the teacher is pretty extreme. <laughs> You're breathing air. I could be breathing. He's is genuinely hilarious, guys. <laughs> it's shit. You know, you gotta, cannot catch a break all day. It's just, it's really absurdly extreme, which makes him kind of hard to relate to, I'll be honest. And I was a bullied kid. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. there's being bullied and there's whatever's going on with Joey. Well, I think it's a lot of that, like, decompression where it's got to be a little over the top to show you that he's just got to all-around real shitty life yeah it's got to drive home the fact that his life is a punchline. <laughs> no i loved it though um i loved that uh his fucking shitty life was so exaggerated <laughs> and his dad with the stogie and the wife beater yeah the typical like stereotypical like alcoholic shitty single dad or something who blames a kid because the mother died giving birth to him or something like that <laughs> yeah. yeah clearly joey's had a bad day and he takes it out on joey oh <laughs> uh, yeah so joey finkelberry is a character that of course i was i was familiar with because he was talked about on the savage dragon forums a lot 
He's one of those characters that people uh, always want to see more of because he's so interesting. Mm-hmm. Because Kana- it's pretty much implied that Joey is the strongest character in Savage Dragon. Right. He is the strongest and the toughest. But he's only shown up like four or five times. or and, and usually just for very small cameos. But he always takes out like major players. I think he took out Bludgeon. I think he beat up Zeke once. Or maybe maybe, oh, maybe it was maybe it was, it. maybe it was Bludger and I was thinking of. And of course um, he handles Mighty Man. Yeah, in this issue in particular. But uh because not only is he super strong, he's also apparently invulnerable because he gets slapped around and doesn't do nothing to him. That's always the thing in Savage Dragon. Not uh, being strong doesn't make you tough most of the time. Right. I the thing I like about him too is like he's kind of like dragon where he's not into like being like a super villain he's just a kid that looks like harry potter that's just the strongest <laughs> super villain basically I, well based on the era i kind of think he's got a peter parker thing going on he's like what yeah. if what if parker luck was really bad and then he woke up stronger than superman well we we see the answer uh no he, power no responsibility here yeah he fucks shit up um <laughs> I had to check. I had to check the dates on this. This is this came out in '94, and Columbine happened in '99. I don't know if you could get away with this uh, now. I think you could. Bullying is a universal thing. Yeah, if you're, you're if you're damning it, if you're in public school, you're gonna get bullied. I mean, Joey doesn't have a gun. <laughs> These are superpowers, you know? I mean, he tears the school down with his bare hands, and it's implied he killed a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah, they're under the rubble. <laughs> yeah. I can see their parachutes from here. Oh, no <laughs> No one knows that joke? No. How, how in G.I. Joe cartoons, whenever planes blow up, you see guys jumping out in parachutes? Oh, right, right, right. Uh, so, <laughs> so, never die. It, so, in the dubbing for Dragon Ball Z... Uh, mm-hmm. When like side characters would die, when like during the Saiyan saga, you'd mm-hmm. they'd have cutaways to like characters pointing, saying, "I can see their parachutes." So you know that they didn't die. <laughs> yeah. Just hey. Yeah. It's, it's funny how in old cartoons you couldn't say you couldn't even say kill. Right. They got to go to a different dimension. The home for infinite losers, dude. Um. I don't know what that is. That's okay. It's, it's an edit. Oh boy, can it be explained easy? I'm gonna try. Uh, well, okay. you know, do you know how hell is spelled? H e l l. So you so change the, one of the letters. So all the all the editors did is they just blocked out the bottom of the e in hell, and then they said he's going to the home for infinite losers. Hell, what show is that on? Dragon Ball. Dragon Ball. Ball. Oh, okay. it, it's an edit uh, it, it, because gotcha. one of the one of the one of the demons when they when they go to the other realm, one of the demons has the word hell written on his chest. Gotcha. So then they, they edit it so it just says Heffel. And he's like, welcome to the home for infinite losers. I was like, oh, it's funny. Um, I it's hate pretty dragons. Ingenious. I hate oh, dragons. Believe, oh, believe me, it's iconic. Uh, old, old school Dragon Ball fans love it and revel in it. Because yeah, trans- edit and translations like that are funny. Yeah, it's basically, no one thinks it's good. They're just aware that that's what it took to get it on American TV. Yeah. Um, I hate Dragon's uh, image tank top. <laughs> it could have just been a tank top. <laughs> Did anyone, uh, was anyone confused by that page? 
like Dart shows up at the Freak Force thing and she's like yelling I guess to Freak Force but when you look at it it's on the same page as Dragon and Rapture so it almost looks like she's walking in the room to tell Dragon and Rapture to let go, let's go but she's not I think the coloring makes that very confusing, and the coloring could have made it very clear. But just even the placement of that panel on that page, like, what the hell is that doing on that page? It just makes no sense. Yeah, like, if she had been, like, here's the thing, is, like, so on the previous page, she's like, uh, guys, and they're like, "Uh uh-oh, it's Dart. So clearly she's, like, entering that room where they are, but then instead of making the wall purple... As it has previously been in the other two in the other pages panels, you flip it over and the colors taste. Cho- I think the colors got confused. Yeah, I don't I'm, know. Yeah, I think like instead of just making that wall purple, which would have cleared it up, well, the colorist made it like she was talking to Dragon and Rapture. Well, it's not the coloring; it's that in the in the previous with the with the uh, workout room, it was a nondescript mm-hmm. room, but they've chosen yeah. to put paintings on the wall and add a lamp, which suggests <laughs> apartment. Which is where Dragon and Rapture are. Right, and it looks like she's going from a lighted room to a darkened room. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, like dragons in the I was just like confused. I was like, what? What I had to read that like twice to understand. No, if it, it fucked with me too, dude. Yeah. And then it I'm fucked. like, Oh, they see because of the news, not because Dart is telling them. I do have to say I love this panel where they're both frowning at the T V. <laughs> Yeah. That's a that's a good reaction image. Actually, Dragon doesn't look half bad in that panel. Yeah, Anytime, or the one before it, but he typically does not look good. Yeah, that's the best Dragon Vic ever drew. <laughs> yeah, Joey slapping around uh, Mighty Man is good shit. You know, he's just a good little villain. Like, uh, just a kind of he's a gremlin. Grim, got gremlin mode. Man, he hits Mighty Man so hard he blows his cape off. <laughs> that happens a lot in Freak Force of Mighty Man's just like half naked, but it never happens anywhere else. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. His, his costume doesn't get damaged that often in Savage Dragon. You know what's funny? Even in Vic's pinup, like Mighty Man's nipples are out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Vic will draw the half naked man all day, but ladies, he's got problems. With yeah. <laughs> I don't think he I like. I don't think he digs it. I'm just saying, like you know, yeah. Mighty Man's both nipples are out. <laughs> I gotta say, two issues in a row, and Barbaric just doesn't have any luck. He's getting no, bat- batted across state lines both uh, both times. <laughs> Bro's a punchline at this point. Super Patriot goes for like the three pronged hand thing. I don't know what that's about, but. Let's try that. <laughs> yeah, just grab him. That'll work. Yeah, everyone's just yeah. kind of everyone's just kind of jumping at him and getting knocked away. Honestly, mm-hmm. I, it this may be intended to illustrate that they're still not uh, working as a team very well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, my, the funniest thing to me is like he just beat the shit out of like Super Patriot and Barbaric. And then Ricochet yells at Horridus, don't kill Super Patriot. Horridus, stop him. Did you just see what he did to, like, the two strongest heroes and you're sending Horridus after him? As if her face wouldn't get, like, smashed in. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) Like, 
It's just weird, weird, weird decision there. That's okay. Um, um this, yeah, go ahead. No, no, you go. I was gonna say this bit where he gets hit by lightning is pretty cool. Uh, the way is just the way is depicted with like the silhouette and the energy. Mm-hmm. And then you see basically you see that it does nothing to him. I don't think there's very many characters so far where getting electrocuted did nothing, but he just he just tanks it. Yeah, and you see more Total. of those, and you see more of that coloring with the color hold hands with uh, Rapture's hands, which yeah, again, which I like, which looks pretty cool. It's good, some good shit. Yeah, even that panel of him just punching Dragon out is just like fucking pretty sweet, dude. I mean, like this—the thing that hurts about this, right? Is that you realize that with a good anchor, this whole miniseries could have been completely different, like yeah. on a complete on a completely different level. Like, what's his fucking name, Mike? Hold on, Mike here. Miller. Mike Miller. Mike Mike Miller was the regular anchor up until now, and I'm I don't know if he comes back, but I know Let's Kessel does. Not. I know Kessel does the next issue. Oh, good! I'm excited. Um, did anybody else notice there's cameramen in like every scene during the yeah. school fight? Like in the background, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's kind of interesting that there's cameramen just kind of everywhere. Um, makes sense though, because Dragon and Rapture learn via the news that this is happening. It's almost right. it's almost where's Waldo esque. If you go to that page where Dragon's on the ground right after he gets mm-hmm. popped, there's one hiding behind Rubble behind Joey. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> just a little head. I will say that uh, Dragon using his words. To beat Joey, it's good. I like it. I think it's I think it's a little sappy and a little easy. It is. Yeah, uh, it's a little but, corny. But I think but that's stuff I he's think, done. I think that's why Eric wrote this story is because he had this story to tell about this character. He wanted to tell yeah. a story about a kid who gets bullied and then goes crazy and then gets talked down. I don't know. I don't think we see Joey again in the regular Image universe. I'm pretty sure the next time we see him is in the Savage World, mm-hmm. where very clearly things have gone different for him because he's pretty much a psycho killer in the in that universe. I'll tell you what this works better for me than that, that tried to do a similar thing in Invincible when that guy showed up and he was like, "I hate you, Invincible! I hate you!" and Invincible just like fucking hugged him till he quit fighting. I, I was like, I don't, so I don't remember weird. that. Yeah, fucking, it was pretty corny. I was like, uh, this sucks. <laughs> you tried. You tried, Kirkman. You tried. I appreciate the effort, but... So for me, it's like it's the exact same kind of story where he's like, oh yeah, well, here's this all-powerful, super fucking strong badass, and I'm just gonna, like, talk him down. And Dragon's a cop, so it works. But, like... So... Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, hugging a guy until he, like, quits fighting? Lame. Lame as fuck. So Joey shows up again in Free Force Volume Two. Oh, on okay. issue three, he's actually on the cover. It's like that's the one where he's like taking out Bludgeon. So okay. that's the last time he shows up pre Savage World, and then like you said, after that, he's. It'll be interesting to see what he's like in that issue when we get to it. Um, for me, this was a first. I was, I you know, again, only ever heard of Joey through you guys and so i was like you know had no idea i knew he was powerful i just like didn't really have a good frame of reference or whatever but uh yeah i like it 
as an intro to a character, it's very different than any other like Savage Dragon character. And I'm into it, man. I thought this was a great issue. Uh, I like Joey. I like the art. I liked everything. So again, total flip flop from last time. I, I, w- I will say this: these last few issues uh, with the mm-hmm. with the with the Cyber Force and this Joey issue, I think we've gotten away somewhat from um, what's been going on in Freak Force because there's no sign of uh, Chelsea Nirvana in any of this and her plot right. line. And whatever's going on across the street with that rival for Freak Force company, which uh, mm-hmm. has barely been touched on at this point, mm-hmm. uh, I do hope some of that comes back soon, uh, just to get back to it. Um, I also have to ask a really, uh, a really nerdy question: When does this story take place? If only continuity-wise, because, because remember, just before we we last episode of the retro, we talked about. Um, the, the beginning of the possessed storyline and there's a panel in there where Rapture says we've got a mission we're going so they leave town and then right. Dragon gets possessed smashes up the town so this must take place after the possessed story but I mean it's a it's, it's a nerdy thing but it just it doesn't it doesn't seem like it should it feels like right. it should happen before that uh Eh, just thought I'd bring it up. It feels like a one and done, a yes. one and done as a palate cleanser from the like the ant thing that had like the space ant thing. Yeah, they had like three issues of build up and then took like two issues to pay off. And so this was to me just a one shot palate cleanser. So I'm a little less worried about where I see the point that you're making, but I'm a little less worried about like where it fits timeline wise. At any rate, I'm glad we finally got to this issue. This is one of the this is one of the big issues I've been excited to get to doing the retros, uh, mm-hmm. just because otherwise we would have never gotten to it. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad it's finally uh, we finally covered it. Yeah, man, I'm I'm excited. Like I said, this is a character that I have heard about now for ten years and have never read really, <laughs> and so I was like, oh man, cool, this kicks ass. Any. And, uh, um, Oh, I was just going to say, uh, it's funny that Eric in the later columns mentions that uh, Carl Kessel worked with John Byrne on Superman, uh, Superboy, Adventures of Superman. And so it's like, oh my God, like teaming up an anchor that worked with John Byrne with Vic Bridges. Like, yeah, yeah obviously. Like, obviously, yes. So, hell yeah, good one. That's the letter that stood out the most to me. According according to this uh, next issue blurb, Deadly Duo number one comes out uh, very soon after this issue, so we are definitely gonna have to cover those. Cool, right, I'm have, excited. Uh, either of you uh, read Jay Lee's Hellshock? No, <laughs> no, I didn't. I skipped that. Although, remember when I said that I thought that Roughneck's face cross was a parody of Hellshock? I do vaguely remember you saying that. Well, as far as I'm concerned, this Hellshock ad adds fuel to my fire because clearly Roughneck hasn't shown up in Dragon yet. That's true. Roughneck has not shown up in Dragon yet. And here's Hellshock on the back of this Freak Force comic. I'm just saying it could be parody. I don't know. Oh, I wonder if this is one of the books that was can the the second run image books that got canceled. Uh because there was too much uh crap 
<laughs> I don't think so. I think this came out a little after. But I could be wrong. I don't... I remember Hellshock coming out after I was starting to, like, get out of comics. Otherwise, I probably would have bought it. Man, to be Jay Lee, that is, like, a Sandman-ass-looking cover. Yeah, I have no idea what Hellshock... I have no idea what Hellshock was about or what it looked like. Because Jay Lee's art is... uh, I think it changes a lot over the years. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> big time. <laughs> it still had a lot of that India ink, like what is it? The just like the splatters and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's still very dark. I mean, don't forget he was doing like the young blood. Uh, what's the name? The chapel stuff. Jay Lee was doing that. Yeah. Cool. You never saw those. No nah, man. I, at this point, I well, was he, off. he gives Chapel like a real skeleton-looking face, like almost like just outrageously like demonic-looking. So you're gonna laugh. I narratively know what happened there. Spawn gives Chapel that face because he oh, burns yeah. Chapel's. He's like, "Oh, I'll make your face look like a real skull," and burns and gives him the fucking real like skull face. And so I guess Jay Lee was just drawing that. I can Look up uh, Young Blood Strike File, and that was all Jay Lee issues, and they were okay. pretty damn cool looking. I can see the image now that you're talking about it. I can see Jay Lee's chapel in my head, holding the knife, right? <laughs> yeah, with like the face on it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can see it. It's funny as hell, dude. You guys have any other thoughts on this? Nope. I think we've basically covered it. Hey, look, man, I just want to apologize to Augie. I know we were hard on nine, but like, yo, I'm back on track. I like how you're apologizing to the fan and not like the creator we dumped on. (laughs) Vic don't care. Vic's gone. Vic's out of this comic game, dude. He put it in this. He put it in the rear view. He's moving on. It's real. Here's the thing. Is it real easy for people to think that comics is like some big achievement and that it's like the pinnacle of your life or your career or whatever? But there are a shocking amount of people that have come into comics, done good things, and then just been like, all right, never again. And that's the end. (laughs) You know, the guy that did Scud the Disposable Assassin apparently went on to just be involved with a ton of TV and shit. Oh, yeah. Like not Straub, someone else. Um, Whatever his last name is. Yeah, he does a ton of TV stuff now. Ton of TV stuff. And what's so funny is it's like just put comics in the review just came in did scud got out you know and so it's like whatever vic's doing you know if he's bagging groceries at kroger or if he's like a dentist i heard or something like that hey man comics are his past he doesn't give a shit we're, and we're talking about the past for all i know he's kept drawing privately and he's like better than burn he's like the perfect burn right now <laughs> But who knows? Because he's not. He just does Bible there. comics. The, now. the the kid who, <laughs> the kid who played Charlie in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory became a dentist, back where I used to live. Did he? Yeah, apparently that was uh, uh, something people talked about where I used to live. That's too on the nose. That's so weird. Charlie from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory became a dentist in your hometown. Yeah. <laughs> That's weird, dude. 
How have I known you for 10 years and you only just now told that story? I mean, it never came up before. <laughs> we, we, we haven't talked about uh, famous people bagging groceries yet. Yeah, I don't know where Vic is, uh, but uh, yeah, listen, Vic, if you're if you're listening, it's not personal. I think that you are a very talented. You and '94 were a very talented young man who didn't get the support you needed. Because clearly, when you throw Carl over Vic, it's magic. I I loved Ten. I thought it was great. So and apparently Keith Giffen was the bad flavor because Eric left to his own devices delivered a super kick ass solo issue. So. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why Giffen's dropping the ball in this series. I have a high opinion of Mr. Giffen. And this is definitely the, one of the weaker series that I've read he was involved in. So, I have a uh, medium opinion of Giffen. I just I've read a few bad things he did, but like I love his Lobo. Every every Lobo thing I've ever read of his was just fantastic. So I don't know. And this freak force sometimes it kills and sometimes it sucks and it's it's fifty fifty for me still. Craig, we haven't heard from you in a hot minute. Where where are yeah, you at? I, mean, I don't know. The the Joey issue wasn't as great as I remembered it, but it was still good. Mm. Um Interesting. Yeah, I think he's one of those characters you just get built up in your head over the years, and then you go back and read it, and you're like, oh, it's okay. I mean, it was a fun story. It was glad it was like a done, one and done. I think it's it's lost a little over time, but probably back then it was a little more shocking to like have this one young kid kind of beating everybody up that just looks like a kid. Um, I am looking forward to the next couple of issues. Mm-hmm where I think the cosmic cops are coming soon, which play a big role in the book, in the regular Savage Dragon book later on. Uh, so I think, you know, we hit a little low with the ant issues, which were pretty bad, but I think we're coming back up on the upswing. I'll agree. I think I think the ant was just like, took it down, but like this Joey shit was fire. I, I give it a 9 out of 10. It could have been a little better, but pretty much everything you'd want out of a one-shot. So, with that, I think we can stick a fork in it. We're done. Sounds thank, good. Thank you for listening, uh, dear listeners. Thank you, Craig and Jim, as always, for these fantastic discussions on uh, Savage Dragon, you know, Freak Force, all things Eric Larson, and the past, the retro and dear listeners, if you want to chime in, whatever, give us a little kudos, your thoughts. We're listening. We're here for you. Uh, Vic, if you're out there, you know, Augie, you know we love to hear from you. This is uh, savagefincast at gmail.com, baby. We're out. <laughs>